Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. If you'd like to help support this show, please tap the link in this episode's description. If you're using the Anchor application or visit anchor.fm slash bit-v-byte to become a monthly supporter. So kicking it off with some news, there's not a ton I want to cover. Uh, and since I've been on a static uh, site kick, um, Hugo, uh, apparently my tool of choice right now, uh, just released 0.51. So it's mostly a bug fix release as it's uh, released pretty shortly after 5.0 was, or 0.50 was. But it does add a couple new uh, pieces of functionality on, such as uh, these two template functions, which are complement and simdiff. Complement gives kind of elements of a collection that are not in any of the others, so almost like a, you know, an exclusion. And simdiff returns the symmetric difference of two collections. A little bit of an odd one. I can't really see how often I would use that, but you know, useful if you have need of those kind of things. Additionally, uh, siteref and siterelref are deprecated, and you really should use site.getPage instead. But really, this kind of increased some of its error capability in reporting, and there wasn't too much in this as 0.50 was really the bigger release. Google has demoed the ability to kind of surface individual app content called Android Slices. And this is within other places such as Google Search or Assistant. You know, an Assistant already has kind of done some of this to a degree, but I think this is more focused on the Google Search side but it will allow apps to more directly integrate within the normal searching functions. So this month they will start testing this, which I personally think will be a pretty cool idea. It not only means that you can do certain things while getting into a given app itself, but it might be a bit quicker. You know, if you need to, not that I do this much, but you need to get an Uber, for example, you know, and you're just going through search and you can book it directly through there, bypassing getting into the app itself. You might still want to get in there after you've booked it, for example, to track and do all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, this could be a pretty useful way to get certain content and functionality out of applications that you might not normally need all of the full application to do itself. A couple links and resources that I found and some good articles. Um, there's a great little article about migrating away from Google Maps to cut costs. So as much as I do enjoy Google products, as you probably could tell by the amount of news I tend to cover on them, but you know, there's many times where you don't want to use you know, the most popular tool or one that doesn't fit you financially. And so there's a good article on using different mapping utilities other than the popular Google Maps option. Some of them are free, some are paid, uh, but have different pay structures, which might be better for your needs. And there are really a lot of other options out there that are just as nice as Google Maps, depending on what you want to do. Uh, some of them have some really good APIs like uh, Mapbox and all sorts of other things. So you can do a lot of cool stuff. You just may not need the full-on Google Maps. It's useful to use that, but they've changed their pricing model in the past couple months, so it may not be as attractive anymore to do. A pretty cool tool called PalX, uh, where if you give it a single color, it generates an entire spectrum of colors from that. And so this could be very useful for giving you some color ideas. So what really drew 
this color application to me uh, or tool to me recently is I was reading an article by Refactoring UI, uh, the guys doing that, which I'm, by the way, super excited for. Uh, hopefully by the end of the year, you'll have it out. But it's a um, set of, you know, how be, UI best practices and that kind of stuff. But they had an article about picking color schemes where they mentioned that in reality, you really need a bunch of colors when choosing a scheme. So a lot of the tools out there will be like, here's the uh, triad of colors and, you know, mathematically they make a lot of sense. But if you just use three, four or five colors, you're obviously not going to get as much nuance and what you need out of an application actually there. So it really is as much an art as a science, but this is a handy tool to really generate a ton of different colors that you might be able to use. So uh, in the uh, thinking forward to Christmas, <laughs> uh, there are uh, two little uh, things I linked within the description that were on Behance. And what they are, they're uh, free Christmas icons. And so if you need that kind of thing, well, hey, there you go. Uh, there's some free lined vector icons and some flat ones. And I am far more into Christmas than, say, Thanksgiving. So these kind of made me think about what I could do if any Christmas projects, which I always tend to do something small. Uh, and I'm sure I could use these. So in that uh, theme, uh, even though it's a bit early, I know. But, you know, maybe you could find something cool to do with this. In terms of uh, uh, two more articles or two more things I found, there's a great one by CSS Wizardry, uh, and it's about uh, CSS and network performance. So it's a really good article on how different features affect your network performance. So it's pretty comprehensive and shows using DevTools how making structural changes and feature changes can actually affect the performance. It's always useful information that can really improve how your site performs depending on what you're trying to do. So, you know, read through it. It's really cool. Um, always, you know, trying to learn more about better features. And, you know, I know that not every one of the sites I make uses every possible optimization or tool. I try really hard to get as much in there, but it's always an ever-changing field and something you can always learn more about. So pretty cool. And finally, uh, there is this unique CSS framework I found that maybe it's just because I really like the name, but it's called Buttercake. And it does have some interesting design choices in terms of the UI look, um, which as with most frameworks, you can change and things. But if you're looking for a relatively lightweight CSS framework, you know, check this one out. Kind of a cool one. So finally, I kind of wanted to touch on something as I've been looking around at projects. And recently, I've been thinking about ways to keep my personal skills sharp, but not dive into huge projects that really restrict me to specific deadlines. So something I've always done but have wanted to do more recently is that of side projects. All of the ones I've embarked on usually have specific goals in mind. And it's not just to learn like a new technology. And I think that's important because if you're able to measure and see something kind of come to fruition, it makes it that much more satisfying and fun to do. So for example, one such project that I've been slowly working on over in this past year, and it's not a very hard one, but I just need to pick it up more often, is that of uh, scraping a very old school HTML frame site, not iframe, but actual frames, uh, that lists wildfire uh, incidents in just regular HTML tables. And I want to 
scrape this and get it because I would like an immediate or pretty close to immediate alert on a given wildfire. So now there are a million ways to do this, but the one I chose was to use a PowerShell core with the AngleSharp library to parse the HTML. And then I queried Google's static map API to generate a map that I can include in the Google chat, which is a Slack competitor message. So this would be running every five minutes or so. And I automate it using my buddy installation, which is um, kind of a, a CI tool. Uh, so what's the value in something like this beyond the obvious part of being notified quickly when a new wildfire breaks out? Well, I had to find an HTML parsing library since I was using PowerShell core and couldn't really rely on the built-in IE-driven parser. Additionally, I hadn't used the Google Stack Map API too much or the Google Chat API for that matter, so it kind of forced me to learn both these things. So the value is that I've now used a few new technologies technologies I wouldn't normally have and can now use those for like future projects or even future side projects. So even more valuable, I think, is that it makes me try to come up with solutions that I may not normally encounter. And with that, it can be a very valuable tool uh, for future use in other projects where maybe the type of thinking you normally do isn't something you know you want, but now you have the tools to kind of think through, well, how did I solve this doing this other problem? And I work through those side projects and maybe can apply some of that thinking and design choices uh, to the future. So like many studies and anecdotal evidence shows, it's really that distraction and getting your brain to think differently to do something else and really kind of shift the focus so that maybe it, you know, kind of shakes a few ideas or different ideas, uh, you know, different thoughts loose on whatever you're currently having to focus on. So I find personally that it's really important to have that kind of distraction. You know, and I use side projects, for example, as a way to, you know, say like, okay, well, I'm still doing work type things or trying to learn technology things. I mean, really distraction goes for anything. You know, it's just as important to, you know, shoot, play some video games or, you know, exercise or read a book or anything but it is important to have something else to do so that you can really kind of focus on something other than your day-to-day -day work. And with that, it kind of helps your brain figure out, well, how best do I solve certain problems, maybe in ways I hadn't thought of before. And who knows, there are many people who have turned their hobby or side projects into a very viable business on their own. What many don't realize is that what might be useful for them is probably useful for a lot of people as well. Despite everything being created you know, or used at any given time, there are still millions of ideas that haven't been implemented. Even if it's just for yourself, it's a great idea to try and see what you can do and learn. And put it out there. You never know. Some other folks might come along and pick it up and maybe want to collaborate, you know, and you can learn something new. But it's really important that you try. You know, even if it's just internal you know, projects to yourself or for your family, you just never know. So finally, uh, follow this podcast on Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte. Thank you for listening, and please join us next week.